Welcome to The Vine Time with Melanie Bolduc. Today's guest is Emmanuel Kamiji from California, who has his own wine brand, uh, Mira Wines from California. Welcome, Emmanuel. Thank you. So, so Emmanuel, tell me about your wine story. Well, um, my wine story starts after uh, sophomore year in college. I go. I grew up in Madrid, of a Spanish mother, and uh, go back to spend time with an uncle that's like a second father. He introduced big wine aficionado, nice seller. So he introduces me to the world of wine. Mm-hmm. Come back to start junior year. And by fortuitous coincidence, I happen to be going to the place in this country to learn about grape growing and winemaking. That's the University of California, Davis. I didn't even know there was such a thing as a fermentation science department previous to that Mm -hmm. summer. Um, So I I got a few friends uh, involved. We had some electives to take. I said, hey, this stuff is, is kind of fun and we're supposed to be going to the place to learn about it. Eventually, three of us ended up in the business. Great. And um, so you ended up making wine. I Well, a circuitous route, because when I got done at Davis, I wasn't that interested in production. I was more interested in the final product, the diversity, the personalities involved, the variety of wine, sure. and became a, a sommelier, ended up with a Ritz-Carlton um First in Laguna Niguel in 1989, became the 12th American Master Sommelier, and then went on to San Francisco uh, to head the wine program there and do a lot of work, go overall for the Ritz. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was on one of those uh, Saturday nights in late December of 94 when uh, I had worked at the dining room in San Francisco that evening and everything that could go wrong in a restaurant did go wrong. (laughs) So as, as it not often, but (laughs) usually (laughs) not often, but uh, a bunch of us uh, afterwards decided to get together and drink our sorrows away. And we ended up at my apartment, um, uh, Mostly chefs, some Ritz, some not Ritz, because we all tended to hang out together, more colleagues than competitors back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were smoking cigars and having cognac. And actually, it was one of the chefs that said, hey, we all love wine. We're only an hour away from Napa. Wouldn't it be cool to experience a harvest firsthand and get get dirty? Um Kamiji, you're supposedly the hotshot mass sommelier that went to Davis. How about if we front the money and you had the project? And I like to say, unfortunately, I had too much cognac and I agreed <laughs> um, because I had never made wine in my life and graduated from Davis 13 years earlier. But convinced a, a, a good friend uh, who was developing the last large parcel of Napa Valley uh, floor, and that which has gone on to become one of the iconic vineyards in Napa Valley, Quintessa. So Augustine Augustine Senior was kind enough to sell us two and a half tons of Cabernet from Quintessa. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was great experience. We said, okay, let's do it again next year. Let's do it with Pinot. 
then as it still holds true today, tough to find good Pinot. But I convinced another friend, Dr. Michelle Soggs, who was the head of the Rotor State Program in the Anderson Valley. And he said, look, Emmanuel, I'm not selling a single grape this year. I need everything I can get, but I like what you guys are doing. I'll figure out a way to get you a ton of Pinot. And uh, I thought, well, a ton, I'll just make it myself. Come the summer of 97, time to bottle and disperse everything amongst seven of us that were uh, the original members of this project. And all of a sudden, I have 125 cases of wine in my very small San Francisco apartment. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do with all this stuff? I mean, I love this too. Yeah, I mean, I like to drink, but that's a little excessive. Right. Uh, but word had gotten around town, uh, you know, that I had made wine and a lot of the Psalms, Larry Stone, Joseph Nay, so on and so forth. Hey, heard you made some wine. Can can I taste it? I said, sure, come over to the house. And at that time, I was the first Psalm to commercially have made wine in this country. Um, so they would come over and say, hey, this is pretty good. Can I get some for the restaurant? I'd say, sure, happy to get rid of some. And uh, next day, drop a couple of cases, grab a check. Totally illegal, no licenses of any kind. Um, it's the modern day bootleggy. Mm -hmm. um, but they're the ones that gave me the encouragement to go forth. And like I like to say, 98 was really our first commercial vintage. And uh, that vintage made about 3,000 cases. Right. And you're commercial in the business when your friends and family don't drink most of what you have and you actually have something left over to sell. Mm -hmm. So, that was 98. But after that harvest, I realized um, it was like having two full-time jobs. It wasn't fair to the wine, wasn't fair to the Ritz-Carlton that from the president on down had been really supportive of my efforts. Right. So um, before the harvest of 99, I left the Ritz to dedicate myself completely to Mura Vineyards, my, my wine project uh, there. And is, is this near Quintessa or where, what plot of land did you, you settle on in the end? No, well, we make the wine at a custom crush facility. Mm -hmm. um, we started out in Napa. Today, we do it uh, out in in Sonoma, mm -hmm. in Grayton. Um, but what we do at Mira today is centered around Pinot. Okay. So we get Pinot from the Pisoni Vineyard in San Lucia Highlands. We've gotten Pinot from Rocchioli Vineyard in Russian River. And we've gotten Pinot from the Morning Dew Ranch up in the Anderson Valley. So those are those are um, the vineyards that we work with. Fantastic. And so your wines are being distributed all throughout the U.S., that's correct? Um, we're in about, oh, I'd say 15, 16 states in, in the country today. And in, in Florida, I believe you're working with my friend Hunter Boone and, yeah. uh, for West Coast Wines. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's good. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of... Uh, uh, one of those unexpected, unexpected meetings because I had worked with Hunter when he had West Coast Wines out in California. So 20 plus years ago, mm -hmm. and we became friends and remained friends, but I hadn't seen him in a while. And uh, I happened to be in Napa uh, walking by Pete's Coffee down there and uh I was just there for the day because I I now live in Puerto Rico. Oh wow! Uh, Good for you. 
to keep things exciting. <laughs> um, like you didn't have enough to do. Yeah. And uh, I was just in Napa for a day checking in on, on things at, at the winery, at my office. And um, I just said, oh, I'm going to grab a coffee and I'm going to be back on my way out. And uh, I hear somebody say, Emmanuel, turn around and it's Hunter Boone. Yeah. And so at that time, um, I was looking for uh, a new distributor in Florida. And I said, what are you doing? I'm in Florida. I'm starting West Coast Wines there. I said, we got to talk. And soon thereafter, we had a conversation. And soon thereafter, we were back, back in business together, uh, which has been really uh, a pleasure again. Well, that's great. He's a great guy. You're in very good hands. I'm, I know. Yes. And so um, you also have a side project in Spain as well. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. I um, After I got Mira going, I decided I wanted to do something in Spain to honor my heritage and my uncle. Mm -hmm. uh, and so in the early 2000s, I ran around Spain to the obvious Rioja, Rivera del Duero, and so on and came away with uh, the conclusion that the most exciting place to start a new project with is two tiny regions, wow. uh, Montan and Priorat, about oh. 80 miles southwest sure. yeah. of uh, Barcelona. So with, uh, with three well-known French chefs from Northern Cal that were good friends, and then um, other, other and, I, I, um, recommended in the project. Oh, word so to the wise, I started to start a project with three well-known French right. chefs. Yeah, so uh, you're in Prairat. Is that where you're going to be? Uh -huh. Yep. So I used to sell wine um, from Spain. I sold a, a wine brand called Mataramera. You're familiar. They're basically yes. Duero. Yeah, and yes. excellent wines, a fantastic, yeah, very good wine, very good winery. I sold them in Boston, and then when I was a consultant in Ireland, I brought the wines in there too, and uh, very well received everywhere around, excellent quality. But I find the wines from Toro to be very exciting. Um, mm. I don't know why they just tend to be nice and big and bold, and there's very little oak interaction to it. But the the expression of the Tempranillo, I presume you're growing Tempranillo. No, we're in Priorat. It's mostly Grenache and Carignan. Oh, okay. That uh, are prevalent. There is some Tempranillo. There, yeah. it is actually allowed, um, but but probably seventy about seventy five percent of what is planted is either Grenache or Carignan. And what name are you selling the wines under? It's Clos Pizarra. Clos Pizarra. Very good. And and you're selling those through your networks here in the States as well? Yes, through the same network that we sell Mura Wines. We uh, we tag along with the Close Pizarra. Oh, very good. Well, that's fantastic. And so are you just producing red? Or are you producing any white wines or rosé? We're doing uh, all, uh, less than 4% of what is grown in Priorat is white. Uh, we do make a little white, uh, a white Grenache. Oh, nice. We, that's exciting. Yeah. It's it's actually you know it was it's been one of the big surprises um, that because uh, at first you know Priorat and Monsant is all about reds so um, but we had a, when we built the winery we built the winery um, in the middle of nowhere about eleven years ago hence why I have so much white hair I'll never do that again um, but. Uh, 
we had bought this parcel and we built the winery and then we had about two acres of land that on a hillside next to the winery that uh, we hadn't planted. And so we thought, you know, we have all this red wine, but when you do events and dinners and so on and so forth, it's, you know, people want to start with a white wine. And so I said, well, let's do a white. And I went around and tasted the three main white varieties that were there, which is one Macabeo or the Vera of Rioja, uh, Pedro Jimenez, but made as a dry white, not like the very sweet in the South. And then white Grenache. And I just thought by far the most interesting one was white Grenache on its own. So we we planted that. And subsequently, we planted a little bit in, in Priorat. So we have two, two bottlings. You know, we make like 200 cases of one and 150 cases of the other. So small amounts, but um, they become some of the one of the favorite wines at the winery. It's uh, It's been really well received, which has been a really nice surprise. Mm -hmm. And so uh, no rosé? No, no rosé. No rosé. Uh, so it's... it's it's interesting. So you built a winery out of literally there was nothing there. So did, what growing style did you did you choose? Like I'm how, sorry. What, what growing are you training the grapes or are you letting them? Uh, wild well, we have uh, so today we have about 60 acres worth of vineyards mm -hmm. between uh, 25 in Monsant and 35 in Priorat. Sure. Um, we bought some very old vineyards that uh, are all head trained. You know, um, then um, we the the newer ones that we planted in Monsant are all trellised. Um, but we also also in in Priorat near the vineyards that were head trained, we bought some land and we chose to head train there. We didn't because okay. it's. Also fairly steep hillsides, and I we didn't want to dig up the hillsides and start making terraces. Um, so there we just decided on uh, what the Catalans call a coster or a cot, where it's just a steep hillside with no terraces. We decided to keep that uh, that philosophy of head trained uh, vines there. And so they're all organically farmed. Oh, uh, not yeah. irrigated. Um, so kind of, uh, try. So yields are very low, but great intensity and concentration in the wines. And are you um, natural yeast or are you using, are you implementing? No, we, we use all native yeast, all okay. native yeast. The wines are all unfined and unfiltered. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just try, I like, I like to say that, wine passes through our hands without having too much of our imprint on it. That's great. Um, okay. I want to encapsulate what I think is a special place. I don't want to encapsulate Emmanuel Kamiji. We so. call that we call that now, uh, responsibly produced wines on my on my TV show. So at some stage I must get to Spain and come and come and uh, visit your vineyards. We, um, we, should. we, we have an don't. online show called Vine Time TV, which is on VineTimeTV.com, which the link is below this uh, episode. But we also okay. have this, which is the the part where we talk about wine and food and rock and roll. And this is the Vine Time. And so, um, Emmanuel, I'm just going to ask you, what do you love? What do I love? 
I love people, wine, and places. <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> Very quick. And uh, the other question that I ask everyone that comes on the show is, do you have a song for us? I do. And it's a song I actually wrote. Oh, I like that. Can I find it on Spotify? Uh, yes, or on Apple. Oh, I, even better. Yes. And what's it called? It's uh, the the uh, person that sings it is Tracy Griffith on an album called Red. And it's oh. Where Are You Now? Wow. Well, fantastic. That's just so amazing. Thank you so much. Where will people find you if they want to look, look up you or your wines? Um, well, they can, uh, at, uh, my Facebook or Instagram at yes. Emmanuel Kamiji is, is the, the best place to, to find me. And, and on Instagram, you're at Emmanuel Kamiji, correct? Yes. And then you have a website for the wines? I do. MuraVineyards.com. And it's M-U-A-R-A, -A, correct? No, M-I-U-R-A. M-I-U-R-A. Okay. Well, listen, thank you very much for coming. This is your song. And have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you very much, Emmanuel. Talk to you soon. In my lonely day, you are so far away. I still miss the air that passes through your hair. So many walls to climb, we slipped and fell behind. Who will catch us now when neither one knows how?